the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Out Connection Podcast Network listeners, this is JT. Welcome back to Nano 210, a Beverly Hills Nano 210 podcast retrospective series. And joining me as always is my partner on the show, Mr. Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm real good, JT. Can you believe we are 10 episodes into our show and our podcast? Yeah, pretty wild that we're already here. It seems, uh, you know, we're, we're almost like halfway through season one. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. We think of this show as having really long seasons, but the mm-hmm. first season is a little bit more traditional in its episode order. Just 22 episodes, and I feel pretty confident we're going to knock them out. Yeah, we're cruising for sure, and we're starting to really get into, like, they're figuring things out, right? We've, we've seen kind of the side characters start to pick up steam and get their own little <clears throat> highlights and showcases, and uh, we're starting to get more of a feel of, like, what you think of when you think of the show. I feel like that started to mm-hmm. come into focus over the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's been pretty gradual, but um, I think this episode in particular is going to make big strides in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to diving into this one. All right. And diving in with us is another first time guest here. Uh, he's our good friend, does a myriad of podcasts across all of our uh, sister networks here on the Quad of Pods. And that is Mr. Scott Shiflett. Scott, how are you? JT and Tim, I'm honored to be here tonight. Um, it just feels great to be able to talk about Nano 210 with you guys. Hey, we're excited to have you, buddy. It's always good to talk to you. Uh, do you want to take a minute, which is what we always do here with our guests, first timers, is tell us your relationship with Beverly Hills Nano 210 in about a minute or two. Have you been a longtime fan? Did you just discover it? You just get in for the ride? We've had a couple of uh, guests already like, already like that that are just kind of discover the show either via this pod they started listening or just, you know, they had just started watching recently and kind of discovered it after. But are you a longtime fan? Are you a novice? I'm a novice. I, I know I had heard uh, like you guys all talk about it like on the podcast and the chat and everything but i'd never seen an episode i remember seeing like the bumpers before like fox tv shows like when like the later episodes obviously with like brandon like taking off in a car or something that's always like stuck in my memory crawl for some reason i (laughs) don't know episode probably (laughs) i think so it was like a silver car no idea um but like i'm always a big fan of like teenage dramas like i i'm a big fan of the oc i love seasons 1 through 4 of uh, one tree hill after that it goes to hell when they graduate high school so like this is like right in my wheelhouse now how, mm. how old are you scott like were you around like was that a big when you were like cognizant of these types of shows uh i'm 32 so i was one when this episode aired all right so and just I, tell you, yeah you're outside the window a little bit even yeah. when even cuz even the show wrapped Season 10, you would have only been 10. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't start watching. I was like 12 or 13. So, I, yeah, probably, probably all right. It, probably, it was probably something you were aware of, like you said, but not anything that would be on your radar to check out. Yeah, I think uh, my mom watched it. I know she watched Melrose Place because I, I, I've talked to Tim at length about our love for Melrose Place. <laughs> Very weird. But um, I, I do believe, I do remember my mom watching some of the episodes. All right. Very good. 
Well, we'll see how it, uh, you continue to watch along with us and, and grow as a fan <laughs> through the uh, through the airs and eyes of this podcast and the show itself. So, uh, Tim, before we get started, our time honor tradition each and every episode is to talk about our favorite Beverly Hills 90210 related Instagram account. Yeah, we like to give a shout out to the Instagram account called BH90210 Restored. Uh, so go check that out if you are interested in seeing what the original music from this show sounded like. So way back in the day, as it was originally airing, as uh, JT and I probably consumed the show, um, there's been a lot of changes since then. So you watch it on your preferred streaming service now or even on DVD. Uh, like a lot of these old shows, songs are going to be replaced, and it's a bit of a bummer, uh, especially for guys like us, but um, I, I think it does have an effect, whether you heard it the way it was meant to be heard the first time around, or, or you're just experiencing it for the first time, it's always good to know what the original intent was. So the mission statement of this Instagram account, it says, I'll just read it verbatim, restore all 900, excuse me. Restore all 292 episodes of the OG BH90210 episodes with their original music that fans were robbed of. So uh, we're not affiliated with this. We just think it's a good resource to um, find these these scenes that are somewhat infamous, uh, stripped of their original music, and to hear what they they um, sounded like. There's there's a scene in particular in this episode that is highlighted um, on the account that it definitely makes a, a bit of a difference in just the overall tone of the scene. That I don't know if you found it, JT, but I was a little bit tickled to uh, to see that there. Uh, yeah, so we'll get yep, to it. it was. We will talk about it. Uh, all right. So why don't we go ahead and dive in? This is season one, episode 10. Isn't it romantic? Original air date, January 3rd, 1991. Had uh, mm-hmm. 7.7 uh, million viewers. So uh, kind of in line with where we were with our bounce back. So, mm-hmm. And this is our first episode of 1991. It is. Yes. So our the second full year uh, calendar year of the show's history and um we're up and running so we dive in we have brandon trailing brenda about dirty dancing and she's kind of wearing like a, a dirty dancing style outfit kind of get the sweats <laughs> on and uh as they're chatting and I, I thought this actually felt like a little bit different of an open than we've had too it felt very whimsical which we haven't had a lot of like in the open like i don't know it, yeah. it just felt different for whatever reason um but as they're talking, kind of joking, uh, Dylan rolls out from under Brandon's car. He's on like one of those little, me- you know, mechanics rollers and slides out and he's like, hey, you know, and he starts flirting with Brenda a little bit. She didn't realize he was under there. So she acts a little shy. And we find out that uh, and, and she kind of heads inside and finds out that her big babysitting gig was bagged. And she calls Kelly and says, OK, I can go on that big date with your dweeb cousin that you were trying to set me up on. My babysitting <laughs> job got bagged. I had nothing going on tonight now. And then. We get this amazing camera shot um, where she's like on her little patio, which we don't see a lot of, actually. It's it's mm-hmm. like in the Walsh Hacienda here outside her bedroom is like, um, I, I guess, like a veranda or whatever. She like walks out and can kind of stand yeah. out there and look out. And she looks down and Dylan does this, like turns and looks back over his shoulder and just kind of looks up at her and then turns back. But the framing and the way he does it are like so perfect. Um Especially like her on like this Tuscan style villa, like standing out there. It's quite the design. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, it's, how, it's oh, very, what do you think of the start, Tim? How did it jump out at you? 
It's very Juliet on her balcony, is it? Yes. Um, And I like this usage of the somewhat unusual Walsh house architecture that I don't think really stays with the show so much. Um, I remember that a couple episodes back, we had the very lovelorn Cindy Walsh going out on um, the balcony off of their master bedroom. Right. Who existed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is seen kind of similar to that. And it, it's a good follow up. We, we saw a, a previous kind of flirtation between Brenda and Dylan. Um, gosh, was it the was it the, the evil history teacher episode where she colors her hair and he fixes yes, it for yes. You know, he solves a minor problem for her. So we know that she kind of nice seed planting with that. Uh, yeah know. exactly exactly and that's been sort of the extent of um their involvement and i i just i like the follow-up here it's not um totally the soap opera that that we're gonna know and love from this show but it's you know it's less episodic than we're used to so it's like all right we're we're actually maybe going somewhere with this so looking back to was that like supposed to be her room or was it was she in her parents' room? Maybe that's why she was on that same balcony. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a big enough house. It's it's odd that they like so Brenda and, and uh, Brandon share that bathroom. Um, but she's got this weird balcony off of her room that I don't mm. think he does. So yeah, I I guess it's supposed to be her room. Yeah, I don't know if maybe it was Jim and Cindy's room, and she was in there or something but anyway right. scott what do you think of this very uh interesting open first off the opening was great uh i got a line here which i thought was awesome uh when dylan slides out brenda goes i didn't see you but dylan goes oh but i saw you and i was like <laughs> he is the coolest motherfucker right now like just just gonna just gonna go to pound town like we know it's gonna happen like yeah he's just the coolest like i messaged you guys and was like this guy's awesome but um, it was definitely a pretty cool start. I was like, I was getting into the show because, like I said, I love the teen rom-com stuff. So I'm here for it. Yeah, and this is like a good reintroduction to Dylan, too, because we haven't seen him in a couple episodes, um, at least in any kind of major way. So this is a good reintroduction in case you haven't uh, been around maybe in the earlier episodes where he was pretty, uh, you know, pretty focal to some of those. So he's been a little in the background. So it was nice to see them kind of go heavy out of the gate to remind us of who he is. So he comes in the house, or uh, rather, Jim Walsh comes out of the house. We kind of get our first uh, official meeting of uh, Jim and Dylan. They're talking cars, greased up Dylan, mm. asks if he can take a shower, <laughs> which I thought was yeah. a little presumptuous. I mean, he is pretty gross, bit. I guess. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to go with his car. But do you, th- I mean, was part of his plan a little bit, you think, to see Brenda in there? It feels like it. Oh, 100%. I did want yeah. yeah. I, I kind of, and that's a tense meeting there between Dylan and Jim, we're, we're going to learn why very shortly, but greased up Dylan working on cars like, I don't, you know, that's inherently hot. So now he's now he's trying to take a shower like when you were hanging out at your your friend's house, like being the age that these characters are. I mean, are you taking a shower at your friends like no matter how well, yes, it depends not, how greased up because. He's, like, yeah. very meticulous about his car. So I could see maybe, like, he didn't mm-hmm. want to get in his car and drive off, like, covered in grease, sure. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. But, 
Jim trolls him about this earring too, and Dylan just gives her right back to him. So it kind of sets a tone for their relationship that like yep. Jim's gonna be a bit of a stickler, but Dylan's not gonna back down. Like he can hang with the big boys. Mm-hmm. And then of course, as he's showering, Brenda walks in, and you still get you get kind of get the sparks flying there as well. Um so he comes out, they talk some movies, Dylan talks about animal crackers and says they've ever seen it on the big screen. And Brenda says no. Um, so that sets up what's to come in our next scene. But Scott, what did you think of the the shower scene here in the Greece? Was that was that abnormal to take that shower? Uh, I mean, I've stayed the night at friend's house. I would shower in the morning sometimes, or I would just sure, go home. Sure. But uh, Brenda definitely looked at his junk. Like she like you can see she does a quick peek and then looks up. He's like, hey, my eyes are up here, type deal. With but um, definitely some sparks flying. You you see like the um the romantic sexual tension there from the beginning. And like you said, JT with the dad, he's like, do you take your earring off in the shower? And Dylan was like, depends on who I'm showering with. And I was like, <laughs> damn. Yeah. He, uh, he was not shying away at all. Um, was Dylan. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of tension that first one, but it's definitely, it was a nice synopsis of what's to come for the two of them. So we fast forward to the big date. Uh, Brandon's the third wheel. So we get the, the Walshes mm-hmm. and Dylan going to Animal Crackers here at the big. Uh, or is Brenda the third wheel? True. Well, probably here. Based on. It, I mean, it seemed like they already had plans. Uh, we, we've said enough words about Brandon and Dylan's relationship, I feel like, already on this podcast. So they, they seem to be like maybe they had their plans to do this. And now Brenda's tagging along. Brandon doesn't seem to mind it, but. I don't know. I got more of a third wheel vibe from her at first, but that that dynamic is going to is going to shift. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I would say that it was probably um, it seemed like Dylan and Brandon did have the plans. Because why else would Brandon tag along if Dylan was clearly inviting her on like a date situation? So, well, is this the same night that she was supposed to babysit and then she flew off Kelly, which I thought was a little bit odd. Well, Um, they never make mention of that cousin again or whatever like that was the weird part to me because they kind of she says like i'll go on the date with your cousin and then Mm -hmm. there's no mention of that at all like well at least like they have her call her back and be like forget it or something kelly said that she pawned the cousin off on donna but but then she invites brenda over and brenda's like no i'm just gonna paint my nails or whatever um so it's like you know she she had an offer there but i guess she wants to pursue a better offer it was weird. Mm-hmm. So they go back to Dylan's. Now, this is where I get a little confused. Were they still at the hotel? He said he gave I was up the suite. real confused. Yeah. But then they call it a house later, and then he moves. Like, I'm, I'm so confused in this episode of where he's living. Because uh-huh. it, this felt like a hotel still. Because they show the valet outside. And then they come in, and he goes and gets, like, delivery. And it didn't seem like a front door to a house. So I couldn't piece together if they were in an apartment now, if it was still a hotel like it was they don't not really clear but they're in there they're eating food they're listening to music there's a lot of vibes with all three of them like everyone's feeling good here i thought it was uh, a hotel yeah. because they said the fries come from the from the restaurant in the hotel and like the guy likes to take care of dylan so i took it he was still at like the suite but but he said something weird like even though i'm not there he still takes care of me or something like that so then yeah. i was like well are they not at the hotel but they still delivered the food from the hotel because he likes to fry you know what i mean like it was i don't know the whole thing was just weird it was very confusing so brandon even says he has a line oh your dad got rid of the suite what's up with that and dylan as he's going to say a lot in this episode goes ah it's a long story 
Right. So I'm like, okay, he's not in the, the suite that he was in from his first appearance, but maybe they're just still at the hotel and yeah. it's a different... I think like but, Scott I mean, said, that's still... it, that seems like what it is. Like they downgraded uh, from the suite to, the, to just a room, I guess. But they do call impressive. it a house later. Yeah. They call uh, it a they home. They call it a house. Yeah, they say like I went by your house or whatever. So, I, I mean, I guess I could have just been a slip, but I don't, I don't know. know. I I guess it's intended to be a house, but maybe they just shot it in a way right. in a way that was very incongruous. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's odd. So they're feeling good. Uh, then the next day, we're in school. Kelly tells Brenda that Dylan doesn't waste time on anyone. Brenda's kind of like, "No, nah, we're just friends. We're all hung out." And she's like, nah, he's he's in it to win it, girl. <laughs> like, like if he's <laughs> if he's spending the night out with you on the town, like he ain't he ain't dicking around. Um, you know, he's he's here to go. So uh she's like, All right, well, we'll see. So then they start talking sex education, they're going to health class. Uh everyone in health class is talking shit on Steve, or they're talking shit on Steve a bit that he's in her class, kinda like oh good luck, you get that hound dog in your class with them. Uh and then we see that Steve, Brenda, David, and Scott are all in the same health class. Um and then we get our our weekly creepy David. He says, uh, it's awesome that we have girls in this class with us that it's co ed because they'll get horny talking about sex. Mr. Clan, he's fired up. And then, speaking of creepy, our health teacher, Mr. Kravitz, uh, strokes his beard whenever sex talk comes up. That's mm-hmm. what Steve's observation is. And then they show him, like, with this creepy smile stroking his beard. And I thought this guy kind of looked like the actor who played Guilfoyle in Silicon Valley, who's also, like, the teacher in the Spider-Man movies. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, Mark yeah, yeah. Star. Uh. Yeah, like he looked like he looks like that and like an older version of that. And I could picture that guy playing this role if this was today. So it was kind of like fitting because he kind of had that look. He was just like bald, a bald version of him. Um, but Kravitz, it, it definitely comes off as creepy to me, Scott. I, I agree. And I do love how they said that Steve is just running through girls because he said he's already ran through the freshman and sophomore class. And I'm like, damn, good for you, Steve. Um, and like the teacher definitely looks like he needs to tell everyone he moved into the neighborhood when he moves, <laughs> but, um, like David and Scott are just like complete nerds. Um, like, I'm just trying to figure out how they're part of this group. I mean, they're not sort of not really, they're like on the outside looking in right now, but I was definitely like, oh, I definitely wasn't. I mean, when I took sex ed, it was just a room full of guys, I'm pretty sure. So that's different from when I took it in the early 2000s. So, I, Yeah, I, I thought it was a little weird also that you had this health class, which is going to turn into like a sex ed class, I guess, with uh, freshmen and juniors, like kind of a big span of grades there. It's not unheard of. I just thought it was a little unusual. But this is where I guess that retcon next year is going to come in handy where it says, uh, actually the older kids were all sophomores, um, in that first season. <laughs> um, so yeah, freshmen, sophomores being the same classes. Sure. Uh, so yeah, the, the teacher is pretty creepy and, and this is just setting up, setting us up as, as the viewers for, okay, here's our kind of goofy B plot that we're so used to seeing in these episodes. Although Brenda being a part of, this as well as the a plot is sort of a little bit wonky but that's gonna make more sense as things uh progress here and i kind of like brenda and steve joking around a little bit Mm. um 
which I'm not sure is in this scene or or one coming up, but it's just we haven't seen much between the two of them, and we really won't throughout the series, but it's just, I don't know, nice to see them acknowledging each other and just cutting up a little bit in class. Feels natural. And it's funny because, like, it kind of stood out to me as someone who went pure Catholic, pure Catholic school his entire life. Like, I never really had mm. sex education. I, I mean, oh, wow. Like, I had health class and I talked a little bit about stuff, but, like, not really. You know what I mean? And, like, a religion yeah. class, like, a little bit, but it was more like, you know, don't. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like, I know, I know in eighth grade, like, we, we got, like, a book about, like, developing like puberty type stuff you know what i mean but like never i don't think it was ever about having safe sex and condoms at all like i don't think we're i don't think they were allowed to really get into that stuff like in the schools i was in so it was interesting definitely very different from a public education on that level um yeah or at least maybe also my high school was all boys so maybe that was part of it too like it was like a co-ed situation so i'm not i'm not sure but yeah, we had a we had a class where they were talking about sex ed, and they were like, "Yeah, you gotta wear a condom." And one of the guys had already had knocked up the girl in my country ass high school, so oh like obviously he missed that class. But um, he was in there, and everyone was just looking at him, laughing when they were mentioning condoms to prevent babies. So <laughs> that's my one memory of it. And I will say that Jenny Garth looks smoking. Like holy crap, I didn't realize she looked that good. No, we're not even into her peak years yet either. Like once they really kind of get over that hump and then they really start to like dress them up more like to me, like the mm-hmm. peak peak for them all was like that freshman year of college mm-hmm. and, and yeah. sophomore year of college. Like those two yeah, years yeah. are like their two. And then I would cuts the hair and it's downhill. I would agree. Yeah. I was going to say the, the last season before she cuts her hair is yeah a good year for her um yeah we definitely had full-on sex ed in in public school like ninth and tenth grade for me which were the only years in high school where i i had a health class um yeah i would say probably in tenth grade it, it was you know and that was in the year as you know 99 2000 like they they didn't really hold anything back so I don't know exactly what it was like in 1991, but um, based on what we're going to see in this episode, uh, it seems pretty progressive. It was supposed to be. It was very regressive. We definitely had the drug stuff and everything. We had the guy who came that could do the uh, David Toma. I remember his name. He was like the, re- you know, they always pull the guys that like went to jail or rehab or whatever. And he could do the handkerchief like through his nose on both sides or whatever from all the coke he had done oh, and wow. shit like that. So. We get a lot of the drug talk, but sex didn't exist in that in that world. So, all right, Brandon uh, is sick. He's got a cold, and we see it. He's on the couch, sniffling. <laughs> so Brenda gets a solo date with Dylan this time. Back to the film festival. Jim's not happy though, and he kind of says it to Brandon. He's like, you know, I know about Dylan's dad's reputation. I think Dylan could be just as bad. His dad is known in financial circles as a, you know, troublemaker, as a rabble rouser, not someone you want to really be around or be involved with. And uh, so that's actually what I don't think he was talking to Cindy at that point, not not Brandon, but basically Jim's intent is up that. Yeah. Mr. McKay is uh, trouble and Dylan could not fall. Uh, the apple may not fall far from the tree, is like he says. 
Yeah, it's a big gem already making his displeasure with Dylan known. Um, although you get the sense he would not be so judgmental here if not for uh, Jack McKay's uh, mm-hmm. malfeasance and reputation, uh, which that'll be a recurring theme. So uh, it's interesting to see it start as early as it does. Um, and I think they, that so layered on with like Dylan's look and attitude probably didn't help either. Like sure. the earring, I'm, the leather coat, the car, you know, like I can't I think, imagine that helped. Yeah. <laughs> I think as a dad, you're looking at him and he feels older, right? Like if you're looking at him and Brandon next to each other, you're thinking and Brenda, like this guy feels older just by looking at him and hearing him talk. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that also did not help. But did, did they say his name was Jack already here? I, I don't think they ever said his name, right? I don't know if it was like a, a Mar- uh, Mrs. M- Nancy Martin versus Felice Martin thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if anything, Jim might have said it um, just because he, he seems to know him by reputation. Right. Uh, but I, I can't recall offhand. I'm, I'm curious, though, Scott, if you were ever on the wrong side of, um, you know, one of, one of your dates, uh, uh, parents or father, did you ever have any tense run ins? Uh, yeah, uh, my wife is going to kill me, but my mother-in-law did not like me, um, oh. for the first part, and our relationship is still a little contentious, but, um, okay. yeah, I'm, she's not, I'm not her biggest fan, something about sarcasm people just don't like, I don't get it, mm. but, uh, nothing Either like, or you don't. Yeah. yeah, uh, I think, you know, High school went on a couple dates. I don't think they had any issues with me. Um, but yeah, just just the wife, the wife's mo- right. mom. So it's her loss, buddy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we go to the uh, instead of they decide to skip the movies and they want to go kind of hang out. So they go back to the hotel or the motel, the Holiday Inn, wherever they're at. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. And uh, we'll presume his name's Jack here. So Big Jack is there with his staff and they are he's flipping out. He's like all pissed off and angry. Something's clearly amiss here with the business. They're on their suits, uh, working around a table. It actually reminded me of the scene in Clueless where they're all like doing like the lawyer stuff and oh yeah yeah um but anyway so dylan walks in with brenda and jack just turns and lays into him like you know basically just starts ripping him he only cares about himself and like all this other stuff and they have a huge fight they go into the room they're fighting and i don't think it's ever made clear what it's about <laughs> like it, it just right. feels very much like jack is mad about obviously what we'll find out to be you know the legal stuff and he just takes it on dylan uh, right away. So they start going at it. Dylan comes storming out and pours what looked to be like some whiskey or scotch <laughs> into a glass. Mm-hmm. And Brenda gets pissed. She's like, you drink? And uh, he's like, not, you know, only in certain situations. Only when it calls for it. Only at family reunions. <laughs> it's reunion. such a great line. I'm sorry. I was giggling the whole time. <laughs> it was really good. And like Dylan go like this is where you really start to see Luke Perry shine. And we've talked about it, Tim, a few times, right? Like how he stands out above everyone else already. Uh, yeah. Just his acting skill. And that's fully on display here. Like he goes from <clears throat> jovial teen on a date with a girl he's into to like angry, dark, drunk, pissed off Dylan in like just, you know, within like 30 seconds. So he puts, he fills the glass up and Brenda's like, you can't drink. You have to drive me home. You know, what are you doing? And mm-hmm. Dylan, like, again, we're getting a ton of foreshadowing of this, of, like, where his heart 
and feelings are going to be with Brenda that he listens to her. He puts the glass down. He doesn't take a sip. And he says, fine, like, let's go. And so they storm outside and he is like, like he is yelling at her and he's, you know, so she's like, well, fuck you. Basically, like she tells the guy up front. So I guess we are at the hotel because, right, she like tells the guy to get a cab. Um, yeah. It presumes like the valet or whatever. And Dylan's like, you know, like, no, I'm driving you. I'm driving you. And then he just snaps. He grabs a big flower pot and slams it like he's hooving to Guerrero in a hotel <laughs> lobby. And, he's, <laughs> and he's he's like melting down. And then he starts crying. Um and like Brenda softens a little bit and I think she realizes he's like fucked up, but we kind of go through all the stages of like a, an abusive relationship in like two minutes here. Like he gets to the fight, he's drinking, they argue, he breaks something, he's screaming at her. She's ready to walk away. Then he does the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Come back. You know, like the, this isn't me. And they kind of hug. And then Dylan kind of just admits like what's going on that, him and his dad don't talk and these you know issues are in place he blames him for everything and he just can't control himself when he's around him and they end up having their first kiss so they kind of reconcile on the spot and and they kind of give in um so this was like a really intense scene and it also to me was a microcosm of what will be their whole relationship tim like we kind of saw it all like dylan's erratic but he's got a real soft spot for brenda and he'll listen to her and she also probably knows, like, this isn't the best idea. Uh, I'm a little more innocent than this guy, the type of life he leads, but I'm intoxicated by it, and I'm kind of, I'm in. So, you know, she gives in no matter what the situation is. And on the flip side, he, um, you know, he, again, like, cares enough about her to break away from his tendencies that he'll end up eventually slipping into. Yep. Yep. It is very much a microcosm of their relationship. That was... Kind of my takeaway also, and holy shit, when Luke Perry turns it on, he turns it on. Um, just such an intense scene, and I can't believe how early in the episode this scene comes. You know, it, it feels like it feels like a climax. It's one of those scenes that would be replayed in like, oh, best moments, most memorable scenes from 902. Like, you would see this in highlight reels over and over, and it's like, man, that that comes super early into this episode and uh, I was really not prepared for that. I didn't, I didn't remember it playing out that way at all. Um, but just th the range of emotions that Dylan has to really, and Luke Perry really has to act through in this scene is, is pretty incredible. Um, and for the character to show that, that kind of vulnerability where he really breaks down crying. And now it's, you know, it's Brenda, uh, comforting him and showing that that inner strength, like kind of kind of doing this role reversal on you. Um, it's intense. And like you said, JT, she knows maybe she should turn away from this. Like there, there's a real violence there in him when he, mm -hmm. you know, he shatters. I mean, I know we kind of joked about it, but him sh shattering that flower pot the way he does. I mean, that you know, he's, he's not taking out his anger on her, but that's that's still a very... It, it's not a far leap to make that he could have drank that scotch and gotten worse, right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's... exactly. Like, uh -huh. He was already there, and then he, he could have amped it up, and she, she had gotten him off that cliff quickly. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting that they go to the point of him breaking down, crying and reconciling when, 
you know, you would have thought with Dylan, oh, he's going to brood and let her fine leave, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to see the quick reconciliation shows that he's already developing this real soft spot for her and is like willing to, you know, get out of the red zone, right? And kind of come down because she's asking him to. I don't know, Scott, what did you think of this? This is your first kind of real introduction of these two. <laughs> I have a note here that actually says, I'm glad you guys brought it up. That says they're on their way to domestic violence. Like just. <laughs> right. I was. I don't know if it's like 2021 eyes or like I'm a little bit older. But well, I was, like, was going to say, I, I think there is a more of a permissiveness of that sort of behavior maybe back then. Um, whereas nowadays you see it as a huge red flag, right? Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I think that's pretty notable that mm-hmm. maybe the, the reading of this scene is um, different or it's evolved over the years. Um, see, I like I like that takeaway, Scott. And and also I have here like when they kiss, I have bad friend alert. Like mm-hmm. I know if I had a sister who also was a twin and my best friend was making out with my twin, first off, that's so many weird things going on right now. But also mm-hmm. I'd be like, Hey homie, like you, you're not gonna tell me I'm just gonna have to walk in my sister's room and see this. So right. like I thought that was a pretty shitty friend thing, which it like not to get too far ahead of ourselves, it is brought up in this episode, which yeah. I thought they mm-hmm. were just gonna ignore it. But I was like, damn, Dylan, like you're cool, but you're also kind of scummy at the same time. Yeah, but on the flip side, like he hasn't really hid the feelings. So if you're Brandon, like you gotta kinda know where things are headed. Like, you know, you see you saw them flirt in the driveway, he went in to take the shower, she showed up on their bro date. And they hung out at the hotel. Like, I mean, it's clear Dylan's kind of into her. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't ask permission or anything. Like, he probably should have mentioned it. But I think it's a little gray area here. It's not like he came out of nowhere or that Brandon had ever expressed that, like, he wouldn't want Dylan to be involved with her. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a little grayer on that one. It's interesting, though, because in 1991, here again, you would expect maybe the the issue of the episode to be... Um, or, or at least more of an issue to be Dylan, like, okay, this is my best friend dating my sister. How do I feel about that sort of thing? Like you would expect this show at this point to, to make a bigger deal of that. And, and I mean, they do go there, but I, I almost expected that to be more of the issue than what this episode does choose to highlight and and that we're about to get to i think they made the better choice i'm just i'm just surprised by it mm-hmm. um i also wanted to point out i thought um brenda's reaction to dylan's flip out here was very realistic and uh kind of commendable also i mean she runs from him right right yeah, she's scared uh, like takes off yeah they've scared you know, the shit out of she's her. always been sheltered like she, this is mm-hmm. and that's been beaten into us right that this yep. is all new to her. She's not been in a position like this. And and Brandon even says it later, which we'll get to. But yeah, like she she her instinct was right. Like I'm getting her the fuck instinct out was here. very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad they they played it that way. Um and Shannon Doherty is, is no slouch in the acting department in this episode either. Um I mean I know we've been talking a lot about Luke Perry, but she more than keeps up her end of the bargain here um, with him running her down. And she's like, get the hell away from me. Uh, just a very tense, but, but very, it felt like a very real scene between these two. Right. Agreed. All right. So back at school, Dylan asked Brenda, don't tell Brandon kind of what happened. Like I, he doesn't know about this stuff. Like I want to keep between us and we get a lot of making out. So like, 
they've gone from first kiss to like full on PDA mm-hmm. in front of everyone. They're a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we get Scott telling David his mom, he's not even going to ask her to sign the sex, uh, sex ed consent form because it's, you know, it's going to set a bad example. And then that's how she is. And David says, you got six kids. Like, <laughs> that's a great that's line. Example, <laughs> that really is a great lie. She's fucking horny <laughs> as hell. So, um, so Scott's like, all right, fine. Like, I'll try. Because they basically have to get this permission slip signed to be able to attend a special sex-based assembly the next week. So that's uh, the big uh, twist here that they're working on. We then get Brandon grilling Brenda about missing the movie. Because she basically like, well, didn't you go to the movie? What happened? Why didn't you go? And her and Dylan are kind of snuggling in the hallway. And mm-hmm. this is kind of what you're talking about, Scott, where Brandon's showing a little jealousy here. Like, all right, well, you know, Dylan was my buddy. And now he's kind of canoodling with my sister and, you know, they're not giving me the info. They're not giving me all the details. They're skipping movies. Like what the hell happened over the last like day with, you know, with, with this. Yeah. yeah it's like I was sick for 24 hours. What the hell happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dylan is wearing pajamas in this uh, scene as well. <laughs> yeah. um, at least pajama pants. <laughs> we had a long night. Yeah. I wanted to rub up on Brenda. Uh, oh, all right, yeah. So- Cindy uh, is back in the house. She wants Jim to go to a spa day, uh, talking about how her friend went, and the, you know another couple went, and they had this special rub and massage and like uh, facial thing or whatever. Else. <laughs> they got potatoed. She yeah, gets. yeah, the hot potatoes. Uh, so they're you know, and Jim's kind of like, eh. he's like, whatever. I, I'm not afraid of that. I'm more worried about Brenda's plan with Dylan. Like he's getting kind of tight about it. And again, he's saying, you know. Like, I don't like this guy. I don't like his dad. Like, there's bad vibes here. And Cindy's pro Dylan. She says it right, right away. And again, this will be a, a ongoing thing where she says, I'm pro. I like Dylan. I, you know, I'm cool with Dylan. He seems like a nice guy. And he cares about Brenda. And then Jim. And now we've had some shaky Jim moments, Tim. We've had a few where he's kind of taking the wrong approach or wrong tact. And usually it's been with Brandon. Like, we saw him put the pressure on him for the basketball, like all this other stuff. And I thought, again, he does Brandon dirty because he knows his son is loyal to him. He knows deep down he's a goody-goody. Like, he knows he'll do what he asks him to do. And he basically says, like, you need to get involved and you need to tell Dylan to, like, stay away from Brenda, basically. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's like, like, why haven't you done it already, basically? Right. And so <laughs> he's, like, guilt-tripping him. This is, yeah. like, a few times now that Jim has kind of put Brandon in a shitty situation uh, because he hasn't, it was something either he, you know, he was trying to live his youth through or something he wants, you know, wants to happen. So I don't know. What'd you think, Scott? I thought this was kind of shitty by Jim. Yeah, I thought it was too, but it, you know, I did like how like it wasn't like a united front with the, with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Walsh. Like, um, you know, Jim didn't like, doesn't like him. Cindy's like, Oh, I love him. He's so, so it's like one of those things like where the sun like pulls the wool over the eyes on one of them type deal. And like, he even, like, straight up like an asshole to Brandon. He's like, do you think he's a good guy? And Brandon just doesn't say anything. And Brenda's like, what the shit, man? Like, yeah, yeah. Help me out. Well, and, and he only doesn't say because he's angry, right? Like, yeah. he's jealous. So, like, I, of course he thinks Dylan's a good guy. Like, he thinks he's fine. But he's just so mad that he kind of sandbags his sister and his friends in one spot. So we get Cindy then goes into Brenda's room. She's in there pissed. And they kind of start talking about having the sex talk. And, you know, Cindy says it's wonderful with the right person. 
it's kind of typical 90s mom 80s 90s mom stuff right like when you make love and start the right person and you know she's kind of keeping an even keel and brenda's kind of you know well you know she's curious right she's definitely curious about yeah. it and, and cindy's not hiding from it um and you know brandon comes in brenda's pissed at him for not defending her and then brenda's talking to kelly and brenda wants you know kind of the romance part of this and kelly's basically prepping her to fuck like you know, she's like listen like like she's like, like like you're not why you're not whining and dining lady in the tramp here like it's like he's gonna look to get it in and you better have a condom and you better you know like you better be ready like here's what you need to know <laughs> so she's like, really ready like to go scene, honestly yeah it was um good. just because you get the two kind of uh dueling perspectives of you've got the mom perspective on sex and you've got the best well Kind of the older friend. I mean, I know they're peers, but Kelly is much more worldly than Brenda, uh, let's say. And, I mean, they both give her pretty good advice at the end of the day. It's just uh, Kelly does not really have the soft touch that (laughs) Cindy Walsh has. Uh, Kelly also has a great line in that scene. A lot of good lines in this episode. Um, And and I guess I'll save my favorite for, for the awards, but she... At one point, you know, uh, Brenda interjects is telling Kelly, God, you make it all sound so clinical. And she's talking about condoms and everything mm-hmm. else. <laughs> and Cl- and Kelly just snaps right back at her. Dear, clinical is what time shall we schedule the procedure? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, I popped at that. I was like, damn, you, they made that joke in 91. Like, holy shit. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah. Kelly was not mincing words like. Listen, he's going to want to do it, and you don't want to get pregnant. You're going to get pregnant, and you're going to be rolling up to that abortion clinic. I ain't driving your ass, basically. (laughs) So we get Brenda and Dylan in the quad. They're pretty much dry humping. Uh, Brandon walks by, assists with some random people, and he's, like, stressed. Like, they're basically banging in front of the tree with their clothes on, and he's sitting there next to them. Uh, then we go back to class and we get Steve trolling Kravitz. He's kind of on display as the class clown, which I, I enjoyed. Again, mm-hmm. this is kind of our B story levity that we've had, Tim, for what, the last three or four episodes where kind of get yeah. the heavier A scene and then you got kind of the goofy B scene. You know, last episode it was Brandon with the, uh, you know, acupuncture stuff. And <laughs> this this time now it's kind of like the sex ed. Everyone's kind of busting balls. You got the creepy teacher. You got class clown steve cut it up so a lot of that going on uh scott's mom still won't sign the form so he's screwed on the assembly at this point he's not gonna be able to go so we then uh have a situation where dylan and brandon are supposed to hang out and well brandon basically says like hey can you help me with the car brandon goes in it's like a loaded question right like he knows that dylan's gonna probably Mm -hmm. Tell him the fuck, right? So Brandon's like, hey, can you help me with the car? And Dylan says, no, I, I can't. Like, I got to do something for my dad. And Brandon just goes off. Like, this mm-hmm. is his opening to do Jim's bidding, right? He's like, all right, fuck mm-hmm. this guy. Like, he's blowing me off. He only used me to get to my sister. Like, this is probably what he's feeling, right? So he basically says, like, you better treat Brenda with respect. She's sweet. She's romantic. She's a virgin. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. he's like. Just laying into Dylan. And then Dylan gets pissed. He's like, basically, what the fuck? What kind of guy do you think I am? Like, you know, I'm not here to just, like, bang your sister and take off. Like, you know, I can be, like, a romantic guy. Like, I'm a pretty smart dude. I'm not just, like, a jock or whatever. So he's pissed off. 
So I thought all this was pretty interesting, Tim. I don't know. Like, I thought they all through it. And I thought Brandon taking the opportunity of being pissed at Dylan to then do Jim's bidding as like a FU. Yeah, totally. I, I, I would agree with that framing of it. And again, I thought that this was going to be the big conflict of the episode, honestly. And it's really not. Um, I, I'm glad that they, they touched upon it. And I also like the way that Brandon kind of handles it here. You know, there's a, there's that whole kind of gross bro code thing where it's like, Ooh, stay away from my sister. Kind of, kind of bullshit, uh, take on it. And I, I, I thought that Brandon came off as, concerned without stepping over the line into possessive when it came to Brenda and, you know, who she wants to date, like, you know, and, and he's protective without being overprotective. You know well, and I he mean? was honest, right? I mean, he just said the he's truth. He's honest. like, look, she's romantic, but she is. She already said it like earlier. Yeah, like just very true. All these things are true. She's idealistic. Um, she's young. Like she, she's inexperienced. She hasn't been mm-hmm. through this game. She's just kind of a, a kid. And yeah, she has a version. So like, and he knows, I mean, Dylan has the right to be mad, but at the end of the day, like Dylan is very experienced and yes, you know, last episode, just the last episode, he was talking about how he gets excited for spirit week because the girls are all pepped up, you know? So like, it's yeah. like, you know, you can't be too surprised, right? It's just because Brandon's already pissy and because Dylan's already on edge, it just goes south quick. It just goes. Yeah. Good soap opera writing there. And also, we had seen earlier this episode when the three of them were at the movies, this girl comes up to Dylan and Dylan says he doesn't remember her name. So it's like Mm -hmm. we literally have seen this before. So Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, Brandon's like, don't break my sister's heart. Like, I totally get where he's coming from. Don't be you. Yeah. Uh, So we get a reminder of of Dylan's womanizing ways in that earlier scene. Yeah, Yeah. you're right, Scott. They do a lot of good seed planting in this one, for sure. Yeah. All right, we get a classic sped-up 90s montage of Kelly and Donna prepping Brenda for the date. So she's trying on different clothes. They're moving kind of, you know, fast forward. Brandon comes in. He's kind of observing what's going on. He lets it fly. So this is, like, kind of prepping her for the big moment. Like, they basically are saying, you know, you're going to – this is it. This is the night. They're going on the date. They're going to bang. Like, we got to have the right outfit on and be ready. But we do it with a classic 90s-style video montage. (laughs) Yes. Um, why does sort of like Brandon move in? Why does Brandon move in on Kelly or Donna? Like I would right. just do it right back. And Kelly's hot. Donna's all right, but you know I would move on Kelly first. Sorry, she's just ridiculously attractive in this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and well, we, uh, seen, we have yeah. seen some hints as well with Brandon and Kelly. Uh, he's mentioned her a couple times so far in the in this uh, episode. So I've I've definitely been on. Brandon Kelly watch ever since some of those earlier moments, many moments you could maybe call them uh, just, I don't know. Anytime the, the two of them share a scene together, I'm like, is there anything there? Is there any spark? Do they do any, again, seed planting here? And we really didn't get it in that montage, but um, call me a sap. I, I sort of enjoyed that scene of uh, Brenda getting ready. It, it was a, just a nice, like, women helping women sort of scene. <laughs> the way it came across to me where, you know, her friends are getting her all duded up and they're mm-hmm. excited. She's excited. Brandon's like not overplaying his hand, um, but is clearly concerned. Uh, so everybody's coming off well, I think in this scene. You know, it was well done. Uh, so they leave and Brandon, Jim and Cindy kind of watch them go. 
So we go back to the Marks Festival. Uh, Brenda's there waiting. But Dylan stands her up this time. She's waiting outside. He never comes. And she is crushed. So, mm. you know, we cut to the next morning. And she's laying on the bed. And I noticed she has, like, a knockoff Winnie the Pooh doll. <laughs> um, mm. It was. It didn't look like one. Unless it was just, like, a badly made Winnie the Pooh. But uh, So that's on the bed. Brandon comes in. And he's, like, you know, uh, willing to talk. He's like, I'll, And she's like, I talked to Kelly all night. And he's like, well, I could take the morning shift. I'm here to help. And Brenda basically says, like, I was ready to get down, and I thought I was special, <laughs> and he no-showed, and that's it. And, you know, Brandon does a good job here. Like, I think he could have buried Dylan or made Brenda feel bad, but he doesn't do either. He kind of says, like, you are special. Like, don't worry about it. And that Dylan doesn't let people in, like, because he's done it to him, too, like, where he freezes him out a bit because he's, he's guarded. So, you know, there may be more. And Brenda says, like, I want to know what happened. And Brandon looks kind of worried because, and I thought this is where they were going to go with it, and they never do. I thought they were going to be revealed that, and Dylan was going to blame Brandon and say, well, your brother told me not to show up, and I didn't. And it goes a different mm. way. I was thankful for that. But when yeah. they show Brandon's face, it felt like they were setting up for the, the trouble to be Dylan blames Brandon. Brandon outs Jim and Brenda's pissed at Jim. Like that, it felt like that's where we we're headed uh-huh. conflict in this. Like I thought for sure when they said that, when she goes, I need to know why it happened. And Brandon looks like kind of like, Oh fuck. Like, you know? So, but uh, I don't know, Scott, what yeah. did you think it was going that route? I, a little bit, but I still think like, obviously it was something with his dad because like he was kind of blown off Brandon earlier as well. When Brandon was like, Hey, I want to talk to you. And he's like, I can't talk right now. So it was something like that, but I still think he should have told should have told her. Like I know cell phones, I think pagers were around, so like these people are rich. She could have got a page with it, but I think it was pretty shitty for him not to show up at all. Right. Um. And Brenda, you know, that's pretty ballsy with her. She's been flaunting it the whole time, like telling mm-hmm. her mom, telling Kelly, and telling Brandon that she was gonna lose that V card this weekend. I'll be like, right. I don't want to hear the shit at. You know, they're supposed to be 16 years old. I wouldn't want to hear about my 16-year-old sister is going to bang my best friend. So, right. Yeah, she hasn't been hiding it. <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, you wonder if there's a tinge of guilt also on Brandon's part since he did have words with Dylan right before that. It's like, oh, shit, maybe like I, I actually did scare him off or ran him off or he's trying to make a point now. And it's sort of my fault that my sister got her heart broken now. Um, but it's good that they don't get that soapy about it. I can definitely see that, again, in later seasons, that's something they would probably do um, just for you know dramatic effect. So, um, And I think also there's this, I don't know, there, there's a temptation to read more into these uh, somewhat intimate Brandon-Brenda scenes mm-hmm. by some people. Um, I really don't want to go there. <laughs> Oh, I mean, and, I, I did get some flowers in the attic vibes from both of them, so. Uh, um, I mean, I know but we've kind of. They're on the same wavelength, the twins. They got a mental mm-hmm. connection. They, yeah, they, they, have the, they have the psychic bond that, that twins have. Let's just leave it at that. We saw that. We saw that when they went to the study, so. Right, right. So, um, I mean, yeah, you can joke about it, but whatever. Um, I think it's a nice scene between the two of them. Uh, yeah, you do wonder what the hell's up with Dylan, though. Um pretty shitty here this is this is um heavy stuff for brenda to be having to deal with like this is real heartbreak for her uh in a way that 
we've not really dealt with on this show with with her anyway, or kind of with Brandon. So uh, good good stuff here as we sort of head into uh, our climax. Well, Brandon uh, bugs Dylan at the computer lab, and where they often uh, meet up. And Dylan Dylan has a great line. It goes, "Well, if it isn't the master of tact and diplomacy, when Brandon fucks in." <laughs> Uh, so they basically say like Brandon's like well what the fuck like she's been crying for two days I told you not to hurt her and she didn't even come to school today because she's so upset and Dylan says like I had to move out I basically you know I, I had to get out and I was busy all weekend and Brandon says like fine like you don't want to tell me I don't give a shit but like she thinks it's her fault like you gotta go fix this shit like she's sitting there thinking and blaming herself um, as they're arguing, some random person in the background goes, you guys keep it down. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so basically Brandon's like, you know, you, you screwed up, whatever. I don't give a fuck with me and you, but like, she's at home right now and she thinks she screwed up and you got to go figure it out. So I thought it was a pretty good scene. I thought it was well done. It felt real. It felt like a, something that you would really see. It's like, hey, man, you screwed up. You, you need to go tell her why you screwed up. It's none of this, like, stuff you see that's just way out there sometimes. Like, it felt real. And it's one thing I enjoyed about this episode. Yep. Uh, and I have to say, I'm somewhat surprisingly on Brandon's side here in this mm. scene. I mean, he's definitely the more reasonable person in the room. Um, yep. For as much as we've gotten these sort of, sometimes overbearing scenes of him like braying at adults in ways that teenagers never really do. Um, it, it definitely works a lot better when he's giving it to Dylan, who's, you know, supposed to be his, one of his peers and one of his best friends. Um, and he totally is in the right here. Uh, and has basically put this ultimatum that Jim gave him out of his mind entirely. Like he, he could have left this alone and been like, Hey, you know what? I dealt with it. I, Pretty much ran Dylan off and um, right. fuck him now. But no, he's saying, you know, this is my friend and oh, um, and his sister. He feels bad. Like, and my sister, yeah, and my hmm. sister, my sister is being mistreated by my friend. So hmm. I need to, whether I want to be in the middle of this or not, I am, and you know, I need to handle it appropriately. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> so we go outside where Big Kravitz is uh, having car issues. Is Hoods up, he's trying to figure shit out, and Steve comes over, and he's basically like, what's going on? I gotta give you a hand, and he says, I gotta get to the airport, because the sex ed specialist is flying in, and I have to pick her up for the big um, assembly that we're gonna be having, and Steve says he can go, and Kravitz is like, uh, like, I don't know, and he's like, well, all right, <laughs> like, whatever, you're gonna miss, it. good luck, <laughs> and he's like, fine, finally go, her name's Stacy, she was on, what was it, Palm Air, <laughs> I think he said it was, something like that, um, is on Palm Air, and uh, so Steve heads to the airport, and we don't see that part, but we see them getting back to the hotel where he's dropping her off, and he's pretending to be Kravitz. He's like, you know, basically, uh, Mr. Kravitz, you know, or she says something like she, to let us know that he's mm -hmm. been telling her that he's Kravitz, and she's like, I'm good, thanks for dropping me off, and he's like flirting heavily, like asked her for dinner, and then he's almost like pressing up on her. And like really coming on strong. And I felt like we talked about the domestic argument earlier. This to me felt way worse. Like Steve mm. is super aggressive and awkward here. Like 
this if this happened today, he would be vilified. And they actually played off more for laughs later a little bit. Um, but I think today for sure this would have and rightfully so would have been completely skewered because he is way over the top in this scene. Yeah, JT, you guys talked about last episode where he was like the you know, the red herring that he may have like he may have been involved with raping that girl. I have I have a note here. Are we sure he didn't rape that girl last episode? Because yeah, like they they tread the line with him for sure. Like it, it's almost like yeah, he's a good guy, but he's got these tendencies. Like that's what they're trying to. It feels like that's what they've been saying. Yeah, it was just real awkward. She's like has to like push him away and like just shake his hand for him to leave, and it's like damn, dude, relax. Yeah, we got Steve cornering this woman who he just picked up in her hotel room. She's obviously feeling very vulnerable um, and also thinking, well, you look way too old to be a high school student, so I guess you are the teacher. Why would she? <laughs> I, I mean, she, based on what he sold her, like she she could be in a very bad situation. Perfect. Like, you know, she, he has information that she doesn't that maybe makes this a little bit um, less bad than the way it comes across, but still, it's it's pretty gross. And I don't know this. This to be the follow up later is worse. Like, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it it's taken a weird turn. This this side story, and ever since like Steve just sort of took over um, the B plot, it's like. Mm, not too sure about this one, but we'll see where it winds up. Yeah, they have not done him well the last few episodes. Like he's he's definitely come off more as creepy than like not creepy. Mm-hmm. So Brenda's in the living room, blasting music. She's got the biggest remote control I've ever seen. It's like the size <laughs> of her arm um, for the stereo system. Dylan comes in to apologize. He wants to just talk. Uh, and Brenda says, look, I just want answers. Like what is going on? And Dylan still is struggling to open up. Like he still cannot get over that hump. And, you know, then he finally just says that like my dad had to get the hell out of the country and he had to vanish as quick as he could. He's been, uh, you know, he's, the authorities are after him and he's, uh, been indicted on securities fraud. So not even kill anyone. He says, he's just, just securities fraud. <laughs> um, and Dylan had to help him. So Dylan admits here to being like, aiding and abetting like a felon basically um, to mm-hmm. get out of the country. And Brenda accepts the apology. Um, and then we find out that she had called the night before. Um, but he, uh, no one ever told Dylan that, that she called. So he didn't get the message yeah. and that's why he didn't return the call. And uh, they kind of game back on with them in this, after this, do you think Tim, like it was earned this, uh, reconciliation or do you think brenda caved a little too easy um yeah i I do kind of think it it is earned like you can't say he didn't have a very good reason for standing her up to scott's point it's the type of problem that wouldn't exist today with cell phones and everything else but um you know put yourself back in 1991 shoes and it's clearly dylan had bigger fish to fry like his dad is getting out of the country um he ha- he's in the process of moving apparently which is obviously very abrupt um yeah it's kind of a shit happen situation and we know that he's been very reluctant to uh talk about 
his personal life and his past uh, with good reason, I suppose. But um, he does come clean to Brenda, and I, I do think it's a good enough reason that Plus, it's Luke Perry, so of course you're going to take him back. So, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Scott, are you are you uh, undressing for for Dylan in this scene? Oh, 100. percent Like, come on, he's the coolest motherfucker in 90210. Like, he, yeah. he didn't even have to come up with that a, a shitty excuse like that. He could have been like, my car broke down. But like, word, <laughs> I believe you. I don't know, Brent. I just got well, second thoughts. <laughs> well, and okay. it's funny too because. Like you said earlier, Tim, like, like it feels like this stuff's happening early. So it really made you think, like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is left? Because I'm like, they're already reconciling. And I look and there's like still like 15 minutes left in the episode. Yeah. So, yeah, like something's going on. So mm-hmm. Jim comes home. Like, so Dylan and Brenda basically are making out in the living room. Jim comes home. They try and fake it. Right. They're like, oh, hey, thanks for coming by and dropping off that paper, Dylan. You know, whatever the fuck. <laughs> trying to cover story. And Jim's like, you think I'm a fucking idiot, basically. <laughs> So Dylan leaves and uh, he tells Brenda that like Dylan's dad has a lot of issues and Brenda kind of reveals that she knows like what's going on and they have a big fight over values and character. And Brenda tells, you know, Jim, look, you wanted Brandon to know about birth control, but with me, my whole values are on the line. And he, mm-hmm. he's honest. He says it's different with girls. Like it's just different. Like guys are pieces of shit basically he says, um, <laughs> And then he kind of admits, like, I'm just not ready for this. And he means to say she's not, but he kind of says he isn't. And they, they kind of come to an understanding. Like, he's basically, you know, she says, like, do you want me to lie or would you rather me, you know, sneak around and, you know, whatever, possibly fuck up and get in trouble. And he kind of yep. sits there and so she walks off. Wow. Um, major scene. And it's going to be one of many. So strap in between the two of the two of them. Um, I don't know that it necessarily presents Jim in the best light, but once again, it, it feels very true to life. Um, and and this is honestly where I had the the award for best quote coming out of this scene. So I guess I'll save that one. But uh, really, really strong uh, character work and just acting between these two. I, I I dug it. All right. So we uh, get to now back to school. We got the assembly finally coming up and Scott's going to miss it because he couldn't get the thing to sign. <laughs> and David basically says like, you know, ditch study hall and attend the seminar. And Scott's like, I can't do that. I have to go. And he's like, just go and then like sign in and then leave. And, um, Scott says, well, let's take notes. Like, what a clown. Like, take, take notes for me. Like, <laughs> uh, so we go to the assembly. Dylan shows up. He tries to make up a brand, and Brandon kind of blows him off. And Dylan's got a great line here, too. He goes, why is it I'm always apologizing to you Walsh people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good line. Um, Walsh people. And he's got no idea the apologies he's got coming to the Walsh people. Over the no. Years, but yeah. uh, so Brandon's still kind of playing hard to get with Dylan. Then we get a weird scene where we see Steve sitting and Kravitz is talking to Stacy and they kind of look at him like it's clear they're talking about what happened and mm. they're like laughing about it. And Steve's kind of being a goof and he kind of shrugs and it's like at this point, I'm like, God, like not only was that scene awful, but they're making it like it's like a boys being boys kind of thing. Like, oh, uh-huh. it's, that's scamp Steve. 
pretended to be a teacher like at the school to try and bang this girl when he's underage. Like, of a woman, yes. There's so many bad things to this. Like that teacher should be fucking pissed. I mean, I guess the only thing he could say is like, I can't make a big deal out of this because if I did, like I'd get roasted for letting him go pick her up probably. So mm. he's going to kind of chalk it up, but it felt very like, eh, whatever kind of thing. Um, so then, of course, Andrea introduces Stacy for some reason. Like, I don't know why she's involved here. Student president, I guess. I don't fucking know. But she's on stage. It's the only time we see her tonight. She introduces Stacy. And Stacy starts telling the story, and Steve starts to get a little red. She's like, You know, I came, and this very handsome man, you know, was pressuring me and basically, you know, not backing off. And I said, No. And then she said, I said, No, because I had AIDS. And I have AIDS and Steve's face when she says it is like at all time. Like yeah. you would have thought she said, like, I knowingly gave you AIDS to him. Like he is like, Oh, you know, like completely like grossed out. And even through this, even when she's blasting him in this speech, she's still like putting him over. She's like this handsome guy. And, and only says, I only didn't do it because of the AIDS. Like, like, and she makes like, that's the only reason like she didn't do it. Not because, like this fucking creeper is like stalking her in the hotel room. It was just the whole thing was very, very weird. But then we get maybe my favorite moment of the series so far. When right after she says I have AIDS, they do the Kool-Aid man bit with Scott barging into yeah. the auditorium. <laughs> and he says to Dave, What did I miss? And he's got like this the timing was so good. He's got this goofy fucking look on his face, the hat on. Like, it was just like the Family Guy gag with the, the Kool-Aid man bursting into the courtroom or whatever. Like, like, it was just the timing could not have been better. It was really funny. It and they, they continued. Was... <laughs> everyone was quiet. Like, someone, like, Stacy had just, like, murdered Steve, like, in the right. middle of, like, her telling this. Everyone's, like, just quiet. And I thought everyone was going to look at them. I started laughing. <laughs> I had to pause the show because I was laughing so hard at this. So I'm glad, like, someone else liked it as well. I thought I was just an asshole, but... I mean, I am, but I just, I just love that part. Thank you for calling that out. It was just really well done. Oh, like, and you know, I, I think they've done a good job and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute more, but I think they've done a good job with taking what's going to be this heavy last scene and, and having built a little bit of levity around and into it while still adding gravity. Like, I think they've done a good job with it. So that we get that, which is, you know, really well done. So Stacy does the full talk. She says how she got AIDS. She, you know, hooked up with some guy that she didn't know. And then that guy died last year. So, like, things are getting very, very heavy. And then she goes, like, she starts talking about protection, right? And, like, goes in heavy. And they cut. And Kelly gives Brenda this look like, I fucking told you so. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I told you I caught him, you idiot. Like, she get, the look she gives her is, like, wicked funny. Just, like, it really is. See? Um, and so, like, basically like, avoid exposure, like, if you don't know who people have been with. It's really intense. And, like, everyone is shook. Like, everyone is really shook. It's just, like, this air over the whole auditorium as she goes through the speech. And Steve comes over and apologizes. And Stacey's kind of cool with it. And basically says, like, yeah, maybe next time we'll get that drink. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I guess she's okay with the salt. Um, we've got bigger fish to fry. So, I don't know. What, what, Scott, what are your final thoughts on, like, the assembly piece of this? Oh, my God. Like, Talking about, like, we went from, like, oh, you know, it's, like, sort of happy-go-lucky episode where sex is just talked about a lot, and then they throw this curveball, 12 to 6 curve right here, and it's just like, oh, shit, like, 
oh, this girl has AIDS. And this is pretty risque to talk about in 1991. Because um, had Magic came out yet? Or was oh, that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Nope, he's later in the year. Magic? Yep. No, that was like 91. Oh, yeah, this is 91. Jesus. Yeah, this you're is right. 91. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So, Early like, 90. he was late 91. Yeah. So, to do this is, is you know, it's pretty, it's pretty big because that's when people were, you know, thought people got AIDS through hugging, what she brings up. And, you know, it's, it's like, it turns into like an after school special. And, you know, it seems to have scared Brenda and Kelly and all them. And, it's it's a big scene, and um, even going back a little bit, Dylan even says that he should have asked Brandon first that he should have date Brenda. So I do like that that got brought up um, because that really wasn't talked about. But like just going back to like the B plot got super serious and surpasses the A plot there for a minute because it intertwines them mm-hmm. as you'll get to later. Mm. Yeah, it almost feels like it was a co A plot or a sneaky swerve that this was yeah to, like a stealth stupid B plot turned into like the mm-hmm. arc of the whole episode. Um, it almost feels like they set us up for weeks. It did. This. Yeah. Like they did these goofy B plots for weeks to then fake us out mm-hmm. and I, nail us with this really well done, very timely and topical um, presentation. And it felt, it didn't feel forced or over the top. It felt no, al- although I will say, um, I just didn't see where this was going at, you know, to, to your point. Uh, and as soon as this woman said, I have AIDS, I burst out laughing, which is completely <laughs> inappropriate. This is even before. And then when Scott's stupid ass walks through the doors, what did I miss? I just lost it again. And that's, and that's just me being a terrible person because I laugh at things that, that are inappropriate a lot of times. And I just, because I didn't see it coming and it was so, grim and serious i was like oh my god that it's like we're dealing with this you know teen romance storyline and then aids walked in the door and you're like okay um but i i do agree that they handled it really really well especially for 1991 when you know we we didn't have magic johnson yet as sort of like the public face of this Mm -hmm. disease um you know when was freddie mercury was that before after this uh he had it but he hadn't died yet um so it wasn't known right because it wasn't not public till he died pretty much right he um yeah like he announced it and then like a day or two later he died um which was this same year but again hadn't happened yet yeah november 24th i think you had see a lot of a lot of these like public figures had it but you didn't know until you know right as they were on their deathbed so you had like arthur ash um but he dies in 93 i want to say um uh i mean rock hudson but that's kind of a different story because people thought it was a gay thing right everybody Mm -hmm. thought it was a gay problem and we've got this you know teen drama now addressing this issue um in a way that I'm sure many viewers did not see coming um, at all. And um, yeah, Steve's reaction when, when she says that he <laughs> let no one tell you that Ian Ziering cannot act because he, he looked absolutely mortified. Well, um, when you think of like how, clo- I mean, in his mind, if you're looking at the character, like 
mm-hmm. she saved him. I mean, what if she was like, yeah, all right, let's go. Like, yeah, I think he was good. realizing how close he was to being affected with HIV, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like he, he was right on the borderline, you know, he was pushing for it. So, yeah. And um, I, I do think it, they, as shitty as he was earlier, they do sort of have a nice moment at the end where he, like, hugs her and says, uh, it's totally inappropriate. He should not be taking this woman out for drinks or anything. But, I mean, setting aside the fact that he's a high school student, it's <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's just a nice exchange that they have. And it's it's sort of like, it, it's not the whole, ooh, cootie, stay away from me, you have AIDS, like that right. I, I think we were used to in media portrayals at certainly still in 1991. I mean, this is, this is when it's still considered a death sentence. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are treatments that have been developed at this stage, but there's no like long-term studies about, uh, you know, life expectancy or anything, anything of the sort in 1991. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they, as much as you can <laughs> redeem that that um, <laughs> that storyline for Steve, I, I sort of think they did. But um, it's good to see everyone's reaction to this assembly, um, where you've just got Steve looking utterly horrified. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon and Dylan are just kind of solemn. Uh, Kelly looks angry. And, uh, yeah, it's just sort of a good range of emotions and characters here. Well, I think it shows, too, like, the confidence they had that this scene was going to land by doing the Scott thing. Like, mm-hmm. they knew that this was heavy enough and going to land enough that they could kind of mix that in and not Yeah, and then you could do the uh, the comic relief with, with Scott, which totally did land. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so we got a little epilogue to the episode. Jim and Dylan, uh, kind of a moment back at the Walsh house. Dylan comes to pick up Brenda. And Dylan's open with Jim finally. He says, like, look, you know, I have a lack of relationship with my dad. I, I, you know, I'm not him. Like, he's a piece of shit, but I barely know him. We're never really together. And he puts over Jim and Cindy. He's like, you know, they're lucky to have you guys. Like, I don't have that. And Jim basically says, like, it's sad that you don't. And he kind of puts a cease and desist on the embargo for now. So he allows Brenda. The band is off. He allows them to date. So Dylan and Brenda go on the date. They go to some, like, lookout mountain type setup. And Dylan says, you know, he feels comfortable with Brenda. Brenda asks Dylan about his sexual history. Uh, and so this feels like a put it into practice moment after the big speech, right? So this is what mm-hmm. we've learned. And Dylan says, yes, I've had unprotected sex in the past, not recently. And he says it kind of glib at first, and then he gets serious. He's like, not recently. Sure. And Dylan agrees. He said, look, I'll get tested if you want, you know, and, and make sure we're good. And Brenda. Brenda says yes, and Brenda says, I want to take things slow. I'm sorry if that screws it up. But he says, nope, I'm good. So Dylan and Brenda back on. They're going to go slow, and Dylan's going to get tested, and Jim, Jim's okay with it. So I thought this is a, a pretty good wrap to the episode with also leaving us in a very episodic feeling that more is to come. Yeah, totally. And this episode crammed in a lot. I thought this was first – Early season one, this was like three episodes worth of content, really. Right. Because you have Brenda and Dylan starting to date, which that could be its own thing right there, right? Um, Brenda and Dylan, or really largely Brenda, thinking, Mm -hmm. hmm, I might want to have sex with this guy. Um, As as they say, swipe my V-card is a big part of this episode. 
so is she or isn't she like that they even get into that already you're like whoa this feels kind of early not only that it's like gosh we should really be concerned about uh stis and hiv and you know aids is a thing because it's the early 90s just all of that woven into this and brandon the stuff like brandon being jealous and the the issues you know all that and jim jim versus dylan like yeah there was there's a lot happens in this 45 minutes for sure huge what do you think scott and here i'm sorry (laughs) just well handled all in all for for as much heavy lifting as it has to do I thought, like, basically what Tim said, I, I was shocked at how, like, you know, the whole time, she's going to lose the V-card, she's going to lose the V-card. She's like, no, I want you to get tested first. It's like, all right, and we're going to take mm-hmm. it slow. It's like, damn, okay, look at you, Brenda, because, like, you know, she was telling literally everyone and her, even her own mother, Dylan's the one. He's going to take the V-card. Now, that may happen in the future, but it's not happening, like, tonight on Lookout Mountain in the back seat of his car. All right. So, I mean, overall, like I thought, I thought, you know, we had a sobering segment and what was kind of a whimsical episode at times. They did a really good job blending the kind of upbeat, some goofiness with some intensity, um, you know, taking the goofy excitement about talking about sex to a very serious direction, which was a key topic of the 90s, especially the early 90s. So I thought that was well done because in their mind, sex is sex and they're joking about it. And it's funny to hear Kravitz, you know, you got him stroking his beard and like all this shit. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, right. This is like other elephant in the room when it comes to the stuff that we could all die uh, if we don't do it right. So they put that in there. And then you get all the stuff happening with Dylan, Brenda, and Jim. Just a lot of groundwork laid. I, I thought this was just a great, great episode. So, um, yeah. all right, let's do our awards here before we uh, move on to wrap up. Best scene, I, I gave it a tie because I thought both were equally really well done. That's like the fight with Dylan and Brenda and their kiss, and then Dylan's apology at the house. I I just went with the fight. Uh, and reconciliation, um, just such an iconic scene for the series. Yeah, I'll go with the same uh, with, with the fight and the with them getting and just kissing right there. That I thought that I thought that was great teen angst. Mm-hmm. All right, for most important scene again, I gave two because I think both feel super important to the future of the story and the characters. So uh, one, the first one was Dylan taking the drink about to take the drink, which I think is like Mm. super big time foreshadowing that he's on the edge of like a drinking problem, right? (laughs) Like it's, you can see the flags a mile away that this was his first instinct, probably not good. And then Jim banning Dylan. Yes. He lifts the ban, but we can already see a proclivity. If any sign of danger, he's going to throw Dylan out of the picture. So to me, those are both super important to the future of both Dylan's character and the storyline. Yeah, Dylan taking the drink is a huge one. Um, ultimately, I, I went with uh, Brenda and Jim's argument over the dinner table. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the first time we really get into Jim's feelings about Dylan, especially in terms of Brenda dating Dylan. And you also get a lot of Walsh family dynamics with everybody sort of having to pick a side and Brandon being caught in the middle. Going to going to inform a lot going forward in this series. I, I'll go with the aid scene. 
Um, mm-hmm. Okay. With doing that, you know, months before Magic Johnson came out, that's that's pretty big in my opinion. Right, yeah. All right, most '90s look. Uh, I went with Brenda's outfits during like the montage, all the different stuff they were trying on, and then also the mm. giant stereo remote control, which which is a uh, <laughs> massive, good. massive. Yeah, um, I, I didn't think we got a ton of '90s. Fa- well, '90s moments and '90s fashion are kind of two different things. I'll, I'll go '90s <laughs> moment. Um, well, I well, just this have is look. Down. We didn't do moment yet. This is this look. okay. So for look, I'll for look, I'll say um, Dylan's trench coat and the uh, breakdown and wreck. Just because it it it's a little bit silly and it distracts from a a pretty intense scene. Not enough that it hurts the scene. Um, right. But it, it's definitely like, well, that's very eye-catching. <laughs> I'm going to go with Brandon looking like McLovin when he's confronting <laughs> Dylan. The, the vest, yeah. yes. The, yes. Oh, like, what is this vest? <laughs> it's funny. I We've seen that, that a couple times. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, most 90s moment. Again, I went with two here. I went with the pre-date montage, which was very, like, 80s, 90s. And then the AIDS talk, like that was a very 90s moment to have like an assembly with the whole school talking about AIDS. Yeah. Um, I just have written down in my notes, I have AIDS. That's my 90s <laughs> moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the, with the two that you mentioned, JT, because the montage thing, that, that seemed to be in every 80s and 90s movie. And the AIDS talk was pretty prevalent in the late 80s and early 90s. All right. Lesson learned. Don't get AIDS. That's what I want with. <laughs> Lesson learned. Make sure you always use a condom and foam. Yes, and foam. Yeah, don't be silly, Rappy Willie. All right, best hookup. I mean, obviously, it's Dylan and Brenda for this one. Yep. Yep. All right, the best quote. What's her name? Suzanne. Whatever her name is. Stacy. All right, best quote I had. Four of them. I had. Uh, I forgot her name. Dylan. Nice, Brenda. It's not my fault. She keeps changing it. That was Dylan at the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, when Brenda and Kelly are talking about like kind of the progression of dating Dylan, she goes, "What? What's next? I get pinned." And Kelly goes, "Yeah, to the mattress, hopefully." <laughs> uh, Dylan's. Uh, well, if it isn't the master of tact, the diplomacy. When Brandon comes in, and then right. how, somehow I'm always apologizing to you, Walsh, Walsh people. That was Dylan as well. So. Uh, those are all my four. Tim, you got any other ones? Yeah, I've already mentioned a few of these. Um, I will uh, give an honorable mention to Dylan earlier in the episode where he's just sort of chatting with Brenda. Oh, so you're into videotape, huh? Yes, <laughs> the way that he says it. <laughs> I don't know what that was. but um, And then finally, I mean, I normally go with a funny quote, but I actually picked a serious quote for my favorite coming out of this episode and it's uh during brenda's sort of second confrontation with jim where she tells him why is it with brandon you just wanted to make sure he knew about birth control but my whole value system is on the line (laughs) she kind of got him there yeah um i got uh two there one of them's kind of funny it's uh when david said what kind of message are you getting at home your mom has six kids (laughs) (laughs) yes that one too and um, the whole when Kelly's like says the thing of like, oh, if you don't want a condom, I don't want to be taking you to the clinical uh, line. I thought was great as well. A lot of good lines in this episode. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Final grade. I, I easily thought this was one of the best episodes we've watched so far. Uh, our gold standard so far, for me anyway, was the coked out fashion show with Jackie Taylor. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a 10 out of 10. So I think this is a couple steps below, but not much. Like, so I went eight out of 10. I mean, there's a ton to like here. Oh, wow. Heavy storyline, big development, the twist at the end with the aid stuff. Like, I thought they knocked this one out of the park. Uh, so I want to say I gave the coked out fashion show episode a nine to your mm-hmm. 10. Um, I gotta say, I like this one a little bit more than wow. the coked out fashion show. Yeah. Um, I'm giving this one a 10. It's a perfect 10 for me. I, I thought it, it did everything right. It's a real, and I thought about it too. It, I mean, you, you could, you could go there. I'm again with season right, one. I wasn't sure. I'm bumping it to a nine. Okay. Well, that's what was Excellent. holding me back. It's like, are we already committing to nines and tens? Ten episodes in, like we're already given a nine and a ten. I um, know, I know. It feels nuts, but I don't know what else they could have done really in this one. I, I guess we did nitpick a couple things, like the Steve stuff and all that. So I'll take yeah, it down for well, the perfect. But I'm going nine. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, we talked about it with um the Jackie Taylor episode. I was like. And I thought you made a good case for it. If if anything in season one can be a 10, then, then maybe this is. And there's a case for maybe grading some of these earlier episodes on a, on a curve. And I can see the value in that. Ultimately, while thinking it was the best episode we had seen to date, I, I just didn't get there as far as maybe there's still something better. So I'm not going to give this a 10. This I thought was a little bit better. So I'm, I'm going for it. Um, I don't really feel bad about it just because I, you know, kind of kid did keep that 10 in reserve earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I'd be really shocked if we got here again in this first season. I mean, we're almost halfway through already. So it, I don't think it's, you know, too far out of left field here. Um, just a good use of the ensemble, too. We saw, other than Andrea, who just was barely there, at least she did show up in this episode. There's like... Right. You know, there's nobody who's who's a no show as far as our main characters. And it's a it's a highlight from a writing standpoint, too, uh, which. Would you go with Scott? Uh, I'm going with nine out of ten. And I do have some news. I'm going to be starting after this episode. I loved it so much. I'm going to follow along with you guys. So you, you converted someone else. We got a great hit rate, Tim. Successful. Very successful on this show. Glad to have you on board, Scott. Got some big stuff still to come. Thank you. All right. Let's do our trackers real quick. Uh, for new characters, I noted Mr. Kravitz, uh, fake Jack McKay, because it was not uh, the Jack McKay we'll come to know and love in future episodes. And uh, Stacy Sloan, our AIDS specialist. <laughs> so those are the three. <laughs> I don't think I missed anyone, right? Was that everyone? Name characters, anyway? I can't think of anyone else. All right. Relationships. Uh, I got Dylan and Brenda. And then I added Jim and Dylan here, too. Like, they obviously are starting their father, you know, faux father, son relationship that's going to go on for a while. So uh, and then places and things. I had Assembly Hall as the only kind of new location mm-hmm. we hadn't seen yet. So. Maybe Dylan's new hotel. I'm going to call it. I think room. it's still the B- Bellage, I think. I think it's. Okay. 
I think it's just a different room. So until he gets to the house, we're going to call it this. And I think, you know, he's moving. So we'll see if the house pops up soon. Uh, All right. Our songs that we did not hear. uh, Lily was here by Candy Dulfer was when uh, they're all listening to the music at Dylan's Hotel. Doing the Do by Betty Boo when the girls are helping Brenda get ready for her date. She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze is what Brenda's listening to when Dylan comes in to apologize. And they also have Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House, which is a great song. Mm-hmm. And But someone said it wasn't in the episode. And someone no one put what scene it was. So we're going to strike that one. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was. I, I know it's in the series at some point, but I don't know about this episode. Um the the um she's the like when still americans either way of that song so it's not gonna right. touch, touch it but. um she's like the wind is kind of funny just because it pays off the uh brenda was trying to date or rent excuse me dirty dancing for her uh babysitting gig and that's when she and dylan got to talking about videotape of course um so it's it's just funny that they they put the song in the episode which again you wouldn't know unless you went to bh902 and overstored on instagram all right uh so let's do our character ranking for the episode and then we'll total it up uh so not appearing were uh jackie so she's gonna get a goose egg again it almost Mm -hmm. feel like we're doing her a disservice by adding her as early as we did but um yeah you know it's it is what it is um Nat wasn't on, no Nat, zero. right? And then mm-hmm. Donna was wasn't on, right? She was in it. She was in the montage with um, Kelly getting Brenda ready to go. She was also in the assembly, sitting next to Kelly. She doesn't do much, but so I, I think that's our. I don't know. Andrea gets one line. Do, do you, it's kind of between Andrea and Donna for our last place. I think I'm going to put Andrea last. Yeah. She annoyed me. By even being in that position. By her presence. <laughs> By her well, presence. it, just, it like, seemed oh, like so forced. Like, well, of course, Andrea is going to introduce. Like, I don't know. I, just seemed... I agree. Uh, Andrea last, then Donna. Yep, then Donna. Uh, all right, then. I, hmm. So we got some heavy hitters left. Yeah. I guess David is next. Like, I don't want. Scott was so good in that one scene. I don't want to know. I know. I feel the same way. Yeah, David's kind of shit in this episode. And then I would um, say, I think yeah. I would have either Cindy or Steve below Scott. Like, that Scott line was so good. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't mind giving Scott a little boost here, honestly. He needs the help. Um, let's do maybe cindy just i mean she's just not she doesn't have a huge presence but right but she just everything she's in is good it's just not a lot of cindy here all right it feels funny to put it this low how integral but scott deserves like a little love let's put him next and then steve yeah all right yeah that seems right and then so that leaves us with the big five we got kelly brandon dylan jim and brenda okay we got Steve, right? So Brenda's going to be number one, right? Brenda or Dylan, yeah. I feel like Brenda deserves Brenda it. Brenda did more. She was yeah. in more. She's, she has to do kind of the heavy lifting as far as 
So I mean, Brenda she's then fighting with her dad. She's she's trying not to get age. She's, I mean, <laughs> a lot going on. A lot so going on. Brenda then Dylan. So that leaves us with Jim. Uh, some order of Jim, Brandon, and Kelly. Mm-hmm. I think Kelly's probably at the bottom of those three. Yes. And then I think then I'd have Jim, Jim above Brandon. You would? I think so on this one. I don't know. I kind of like Brandon here. Yeah, he's good. Jim was kind it's, of a dick. It's a softer... Talking. I know. It's it's like a softer touch that we get with Brandon than we usually okay, do. Go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. So, for this episode, we had from the bottom up, Jackie, Nat, Andrea, Donna, David, Cindy, Scott, Steve, Kelly, Jim, and then Brandon, Dylan, Brenda. Uh, wow. I'm going to tabulate our top overall based on this. Uh, while we do that, Scott, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can uh, check me out on PTBN Pop. I uh, believe we'll be coming back with that with Hawkeye. Um, PTBN Pedestal, uh, first episode should be out. I can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shiflet. I tweet nonsense about comics and sports and some wrestling dashed in but i just want to say thank you guys for having me on this was a lot of fun tim awesome yeah so i will be joining scott on the place to be nation pop experience so if you're not subscribed that's one of our sister affiliate podcasts check out place to be nation pop uh the show is called pop goes to the couch uh internally we sometimes call it pop goes to the basement because (laughs) I am ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's me and Scott and Andy Atherton and Sean Kidd. Usually, uh, we bring in some guests as well from time to time. Um, Going to be starting up episodic reviews, we think, of Hawkeye pretty soon from Disney+. Plus. We just did a wrap-up, retrospective, if you will, of What If, another great uh, Marvel Disney Plus Marvel series, I should say. So check that out. Check those out if you are a Marvel fan. Um, check out as well uh, the Jenny Position, which is a affiliate network that is curated by Jennifer Smith, where Jenny and I did a Halloween-themed edition of our series together. It's called Talkin' Pop. So it's not too late if you're still... Kind of in that that Halloween spooky season mode. Check out that podcast. Um, other cool MCU content uh, on the Jenny position as well. We do a show called The Journey Through Infinity. Myself, uh, Jenny, JT from this podcast, and our friend Scott Criscolo. Not to be confused with Scott Shiflet. Uh, you can find me on social media. I am at Psych68CY. KE68 on Twitter and be sure to like and subscribe to the No So podcast that you're hearing this very show on if you're not subscribed already. I'm sure JT can tell you much more about the great things going on on No So. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, Tim, that we're all super proud of. Uh, shows dropping almost every day. Obviously, most uh, wrestling based, but there are some pop culture like this and some sports stuff too. facebook.com slash north south connection to find more north south 
connection.podbean.com where you can subscribe on any podcatcher app. Appreciate any ratings or reviews you leave. And also mention, obviously you've heard, you know, we've had 10 episodes, we've had nine guests, you know, count Tim, I guess 10 from the first one. <laughs> uh, but if you're, if you've never done a podcast, or you love now to an O or you have done podcasts, you hate now to an O and you want to be on the show, just reach out to us. We'd be happy to put you on the list. Uh, we have a, a pretty full guest list so far, but we can add you on. Uh, happy to have any new voices, different voices pop in here to talk about the show and how much uh, you love, you hate it, or you may have gotten into it because of the show, like Scott and others. Love to hear from you. Just reach out and let us know. Yeah. All right. Here's our top 13 in order, uh, reverse order. We have Jackie Taylor in 13th with 13 points, all from that one episode. Uh, Napasuccio is next with 17 points. Donna Martin with 25. Scott Scanlon with 36. That's kind of our bottom tier. Then we have a little jump up to the middle here with Andrea Zuckerman with 55 points. David Silver with 65. He's tied with Jim Walsh, who now has 65. Kelly Taylor just above them with 68. Then we had our top five with Steve Sanders at 72. Cindy Walsh holding strong at 76. Our top three starts with Dylan McKay with 80 points. Of course, he's been hurt because he's had a bunch of goose eggs. And then now tied at the top with 103 points is Brenda Walsh and Brandon Walsh. So that decision wow. who Brandon ahead of Jim uh, <clears throat> keeps him at least tied for first place, which I believe he's been in first the entire time. He's never dropped. So his lead has shrunk. Yeah. He's He's been up by as many as like 11 at times, but he, uh, or nine, I think nine's been his biggest lead, but that's uh, slowly been eroding over the last few episodes. And here we are now where he's tied with his sister. So we'll see if mm. that carries on. It's a palace of intrigue, that top five with uh, those mm-hmm. Walsh people plus Dylan McKay. Uh, that, that seems fitting to me. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, Dylan, I think, would be in first if he was on more at this point. But mm-hmm. he will become consistent soon. So, All right. That said, we're out. We'll be back usually every two to three weeks. We'll be next up we'll episode 11 with a new guest. Can't wait to do it, Tim. A little dim sum, a little dumb sum. Talk to you soon. Can't look in her eyes She's out of my league Just a fool to believe I am everything she needs She's like the wind